This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Fifty-seven of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike. I literally just said it was three fifty-six. I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. And okay. I still said seven, even though I yep. have six in front of me. Yep. Well, well, you had asked. You were like, "Is it three fifty-five or three fifty-six?" And I was like, "It's three fifty-six." You're like, "Great, three fifty-seven. It is." Yeah, pretty much. It's exactly what I did. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number three hundred fifty-six. Of what did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John. That's all staying uh, in, of course. Of course. Uh, no. So the the uh, for me it is not hot enough at night that I'm going to put the air conditioners in right now. Mm. So it gets hot during the day, but at night it's cool enough that you can open a window and put the the box fan in the window. It's still May. Gotcha. Um, which is what we did last night, and then we have like an oscillating fan because like. Uh, yeah, it's going to be 90 on Thursday, but it's also the, the lowest in the 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be 42 tonight, 47 tomorrow night, 53. And then, like, Saturday, it's going to be 65 degrees. And because <laughs> it's Maine and it's still, right. we could get fucking snow in June. I've seen it. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So not not quite yet. We usually don't put them in. Like, realistically, I could put the one in the bedroom right now, and it'd mm-hmm. be fine. We have, like, nine other windows in our bedroom, so we'd be all set. Um, but, yeah. Uh, as far as, like, the downstairs air conditioner, I really don't want to put that in yet. And I don't really like running the downstairs air conditioner because it's it's one of those ones where it's just it's a window vent, but it's like a portable unit, if you will. Um, and it's just loud. Yeah, so when you, when, you, when you run it, it's just loud by the TV. So you have to turn the TV up louder so you can hear it. But then the TV's not, which means you can hear the TV in the rest of the house very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the one room you want to hear the TV and you can't. Um, yeah, so it's it's a bit of a, so I typically wait, you know, mid-June, mid to late June, so. Somebody's thumping around upstairs. Huh? <laughs> Somebody's thumping around upstairs. Oh. Say so no, everyone's downstairs here, but yeah. talking about your place. Sure am. Um uh, <laughs> uh, but to uh, answer a question you asked earlier about drive-ins in Maine, what were you asking? So yeah, I saw your post that you had gone to the Skowhegan Drive-In, and yes. I talked to Julia, and I was like, I distinctly remember having a conversation last year, probably here on the podcast as well, that the Saco Drive-In, the Bangor Drive-In, and the Skowhegan Drive-In all closed down, and we had no more drive-ins other than that one that's up in Farmington, and I wasn't going to go there, or the um, the Pride's Corner. Corner. And yeah. we had the one in Bridgeton and the one up in Matawaska, which is yeah. four hours away. Right. 
So, yeah, so last fall, Bangor, Skowhegan, and Saco all announced they were closing. Okay. Bangor still closed. Okay. Skowhegan decided to open again this year. Okay. And But it's for sale still. Okay. And Saco, technically, it's a new Saco drive-in. So across the street from the old Saco drive-in is Aquaboggan Water Park. Mm-hmm. And they, have, they had a plot of land, and they built a new drive-in on that plot of land, basically. Oh, they, okay. They got the um, they got everything from the old Saco drive-in, like the projector and this and that. I don't know what they did for a screen. I know like they even got the sign, the Saco drive-in sign, and moved the sign across the street. Nice. Um, they just had their opening weekend this past weekend. Okay. Um, it, the, it's smaller than the previous one, and it's new owners, of course. Um, I think if they've got a paved lot, even. Um, I read some mixed reviews after their first weekend. Uh, you know, some people, oh, it's not the same as it was. Well, of course it's not. It's new owners. It's a new location, essentially. It's just people trying to keep that <laughs> tradition alive, if you will, you know? Well, also, you said paved lot. Like, when I think traditional drive-in, there's those humps that you park on so that you can kind of angle yourself up a little bit. Yeah, there's no angling on this one. Hmm. Um, but they say the screen is raised high enough that you don't have that issue, allegedly. Okay. Well, it's like the one in Farmington doesn't have humps either, but what they have is um, almost stadium. like stadium parking for 50 yeah. cars, you know. Uh, and then Skowhegan, so I, I had a great conversation with the guy with the, the guy named Chaz, who is the manager of the Skowhegan Drive-In. So the owner who owns it is based out of Delaware, and he owns okay. a very apparently he owns a very popular drive-in down in new jersey <laughs> and um like it does money hmm. um and he bought this one and this one does not do money so <laughs> i mean we're a rural spread out population exactly um but it's funny because a lot of i'd say a good third of the vehicles at the drive-in on saturday were had out-of-state plates on them <laughs> People who were in the area and was like, oh, I'm going to go to the drive-in. Yeah. Um, now, granted, he was also playing a, a niche movie in Becky. Uh, sorry, Wrath of Becky, mm-hmm. which I'll just say right now, I absolutely loved. Uh, <laughs> Kate, it's not – I'll, I'll talk about it more later, but yeah. Um, he did – they were playing the Wrath of Becky in a double feature with Fast 10. And we did not stay for Fast I was, 10. I was hoping you were going to say that, but I, I was going to try to reserve judgment. Wrath of Becky was 85 minutes long and there was no, there was no, the, the, the project, the, um, the film rolled, if you will, at, at eight 30, like it was supposed to, like they had advertised, you know, roughly eight 30. And then there was like a nine minute, like come to the snack bar video that just mm-hmm. counts down to the start of the movie and talks about the concession stand. Um, and then there was no trailers or anything. The movie just started mm-hmm. and then the movie got over and it was still like, it was like not even 10 o'clock yet. So, or no, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was a little bit after 10. So like, if you did stay for fast X, you wouldn't be too late. Um, but he, you know, um, so I was talking to the, talking to Chaz, like I said, he's the, he's the manager. He talked to the owner. He talked the owner into letting him open it up again. Okay. And essentially the Skowhegan drive-in will be open for as many weekends as they're not losing money. <laughs> okay. So if they hit a couple weekends in a row where they lose money, it's probably going to close for the rest of the year type of thing. Mm. But, you know, until then, he's just going to run it every weekend. And 
and hope for the best, if you will. Okay. Uh, you know, they're doing, um, like he said, opening weekend, the place was packed. Uh, they did Mario Brothers in another movie. And then the following weekend, it was not nearly as busy. It was opening weekend. But by then, Mario Brothers had been out six weeks, you know. Mm. Um, he talked about, I got some good kind of insider, quote unquote, knowledge as far as like how it works. So like uh, Becky, uh, they get 5% of the gate. That Ooh. distributor. Okay. The Wrath of Becky gets yep. 5% of the gate. So the 5% of whatever they bring in, they get. Okay. Fast Tax gets 40%. Oof. So they like I remember back in the day hearing like oh at like Regal Cinemas they make a dollar on every ticket. Mm-hmm. So if you sell a ten dollars, so if the ticket's ten bucks, they're making a dollar. That means the movie's getting ninety percent. So actually hearing forty percent and five percent, I thought oh that's not as bad as I thought. No. Um, but there's other things like for instance, say they want to play the new Indiana Jones movie. Well, Disney requires a minimum four week run of all their movies. Oh. Even if rough. it's tanking. They require a full week run. (laughs) And when you're a theater house running a 10 screen theater like Regal and Augusta is, well, that's not the end of the world. But when you're a drive in with one screen, four weeks of the same movie is death. Yeah. Like especially when it's getting poorly panned. So you could play it like first two weeks as the first feature, then the second two weeks as the second feature. But you're also then limited on what you can do. So like that makes sense. I asked him about. You know, is what's a bigger draw? First run new movies or like showing classic cult movies, driving type movies, whatever, like Evil Dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said for some places like, say, the Mahoning in Pennsylvania, that's their bread and butter. They never play anything new and they do a killing every weekend. And he's been there a few times. But like for him in Skowhegan, Maine, it's 50 50. I can see I got that. A, yeah. I got a um, I got a tour of the projection booth. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they have the old 35 millimeter set up. All they have to do is slide the screen open and boom, they're projecting from that. And then I got to see the new the, the newer, you know, the newer style digital projectors and how it's basically just a big hard drive. Oh, with a giant projector, they'll get in the mail instead of getting like six giant reels, they get a little box. You know, like, uh, and it has got a hard drive that's like um, four by four by by two or something, mm-hmm. and that's the movie. And you plug it into the computer of the of the uh, you plug it into the computer, and then you you need to download a key that unlocks the movie. And the key is only valid for as long as you've paid to rent the movie for the projection, if you will. Oh, uh, okay. So like for so instance, kind of like when you rent on Amazon and you get it for 48 hours. Exactly. So like Fast X, he has it and the key is valid for the dates and times that he's going to be airing the movie. And then outside of that, it's no longer valid. So that's how they do that, you know, whereas before you got that, you know, you had to send that reel off to back to them or to the other theater or whatever it was. And that's how, you know, for, you know, they, they stopped charging you, if you will. And this, the key just expires and now it's, it's, it's useless unless you pay to get the key so you can unlock it again. Remember towards the end of the video store life cycle, they were talking about doing a similar thing. Remember there were actual, it, it was like the precursor to Redbox, wasn't it? Yeah. You could get those self-destructing discs where yes. it would print on a disc. You could watch it for X amount of time. And then the disc was just useless. Yes. It just stopped working. Yep. Yeah. 
God, remember that. I had so almost forgotten about that. So, but he has some other movies that, like, from smaller houses, from smaller distributors, if you will, where they send you the movie on the hard drive and there is no key. So he just has the movie. Mm. Wow. He, techni- he technically, I guess, could, you know, screen it whenever he wanted. Uh, but the honest thing or the integrity thing is you contact the distributor and be like, hey, I want to screen this. Let me let me pay you the rights fee for it. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. So, yeah. so technically I was right. But, oh, shit. What? Did you see what next week is? Friday and Saturday, June 2nd, 3rd, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse at 835, followed by 65, the one with Adam Driver. I just shared that today, yes. <sighs> I know, that'd be fun to go to, wouldn't it? I may, I may be going to the drive-in. Wow. Holy crap. Yep. I know. I was thinking about that. It's like the last time I'd actually been to the Skowhegan drive-in was when we went and saw that double feature of Evil Dead and Pieces. Mm. And how much did we love Pieces? Oh, my God. So much. Yeah. So friggin' much. Yeah. I apologize. My my uh, my washer is on spin cycle to finish up, so I don't know if you can hear that or not. Yeah. But it is very loud in here. Is that it singing or is that it making noise? That is just the spinning. Didn't you already go through a washing machine like within the last year or two? Uh, no, we had we had to pay to have uh, uh, an element fixed in the dryer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyways, what were you what were you half right about? You said. So when I had had that talk with Julia, she was like, no, we went to the Skowhegan Drive-in last year. Like we saw Doctor Strange. She's like, they didn't close down, and I was like. I'm like, I know, I know I remember something about this. Maybe it was an alternate reality or something. So I was half right. Like they did close down. She was also right. They weren't closed. Um, they, they weren't closed at the beginning of the year. They went through the whole season and then announced that they were closing. Right. I was trying to block the, the washer. <laughs> I, I was on mute and didn't realize it. Gotcha. Um, so, Not yes, they quiet. closed early last year, and they had a couple private things they did, and they were for Skowhegan, and they weren't going to open back up. And then they kind of – he talked them into it in March, basically. Like, essentially said, hey, let me run it this summer. Mm-hmm. Let me pick the movies. Let me run it, and let's just see what we can do. Because the kid that works there, and he is a kid, in my opinion, because I'm 44 almost, and he's – Half my he's two decades younger than me. He also um, runs the Strand Theater in Skowhegan. Okay. And apparently he also works at Palace Playland, like doing the video games. So he's <laughs> he does a lot. Um. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I do want to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think my kids want to see it, so it might be fun to go see it at the drive-in. But mm. it might be easier to go to Regal or I, who knows. Right. Because, like, when there's two of us, it's easy enough. We can sit in the front seats and look out. Otherwise, you got to, like, sit outside the car maybe. And But it was, uh, it was a gorgeous night, that's for sure. I bet, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Anyhow, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, they technically did close, but. Okay. Good. I don't feel so insane now. So that being said, 
What did you watch this week or these two weeks? Because we we did not record last week. No, I had uh, <laughs> uh, unexpected crown build up and temporary crown put in, and my my face was just too too sore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that sounded very painful. Yeah, it sucked. Couldn't imagine trying to uh, talk through that or just live through yeah. that. That's, that's one thing I'll say about you is that you don't often get knocked down, but when you do, you come up with some of the most outrageously painful ways to get knocked down. Like yeah. other people like throw out their back, you dislocate your entire pelvis. Um, I did do that once. Yeah. yeah. Breaking open your head, infections that are just, you know, enough to kill a horse. Like you, you don't do it small is what I'm saying. I like, go big. Yeah, you didn't have a toothache. You lost part of a tooth. Like, there's yeah. just you're. Mm. Yeah, got a sex to dis- me. Let's get a one in a million infection. Yeah, laid up it, for three weeks. It's a disturbing trend for sure, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, now think of all the things. Now it's playing music. Now let's think about all the things I tough through. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it takes a lot to knock you down, but then when it does knock you down. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I watched, you know, I didn't watch a lot of shows. Uh wife I kind of did. So like we finished up American Idol by reading the results cuz we were so pissed off when they announced the final 3 that there was one girl that we just didn't feel should be there at all and it just turned us off more into watching the finale episode. And you had said last time that if she won, you would probably not watch it next season. Yeah, and she was the runner up. Like she Ooh, somehow good. got second place even. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We just, we were annoyed. We watched a, a bunch of the main cabin masters. Oh yeah. How'd that go? Yeah. And we like it. So it went well. Did, did you then feel compelled to go visit their place over in Manchester? You know, what's funny. Uh, I was talking about like how the show is like his eighth or ninth season now. And when it debuted, it was like for the first three years, it was like, the hottest show on DIY, the channel it debuted on. It was like the top yeah. rated show and people love the show and this and that and everything. <laughs> they don't like advertise their, their tap house or anything on the TV show. No, like they don't talk about it or anything. I think they did on one episode. They might've showed like, Hey, we bought this building and we're like working on it. Like that was the episode was them working on their own building. But otherwise like they never talk about it on the show or anything. Interesting. But no, I've I've no never plugs been. or anything, huh? Not really, no, no. Uh, but I know I've never never been there. I know Have I've driven there? by a number of times. I can't. I don't think that I've actually been. Oh, you know what it was? I went there once because Tully wanted to meet up and hang out, and um, we kind of met up there and ate from the food truck. Cause they've got like a, yeah. basically a permanent food truck there. Yes. Yes. Yep. Run by a guy that I went to high school with. Yeah. So like they had like when they, yes, they have a permanent food truck there. I think they have a, um, a brewery maybe even there. Yes. Yes, they do. And they do like, they have a, um, yeah. Wooden platform where they have like live bands and stuff like that. Yeah. But I know, like, when at first, when they were discussing it on the show, uh, it was about um, her shop there 
for like her knickknacks, like selling T-shirts or or art stuff or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Ashley. I don't know why I didn't couldn't remember her name. And it was funny because one of the episodes they talked about the big God Nikoni uh, feud that they have going <laughs> on, you know, the rivalry and everything. And like one of the episodes where the one, the Gardner people were in their orange and black, the Coney people were in their, their red and white and everything. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, people watching this show from out of state are probably being like, what the hell are they talking about? Oh God, no. Like, Every state, everybody, everywhere have those rivalries. So I'm sure oh, yes. that they're like, oh, yeah, I get that. But they didn't, like, delve into it very far. As far as, like, why, like, they just said they're like, oh, people from Coney don't like people from Gardner. But they didn't really explain it more than that. Oh. Yes. But they do have, there's a website called the uh, uh, GreatAmericanRivalry.com. And it does talk about um, all the rivalries, all these yeah, high school rivalries and every rival. I can't think of the words. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Rubble, rubble. Yes, exactly. And. Uh, yeah, so they do. They do talk about it on there. Hmm. OK. Yeah, because I think they've played for 116 years or something like that. Uh, no, sorry, 132 years. They've they've played football against each other. Gardner and Coney. Yes. Seriously. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I tell you. Yeah. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Shift L. Control F. Gardner. Here we go. So 1892 is when they started. So 131 years. Wow. That was the first game. Isn't that crazy? That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's part of the annual great American rivalry series. And they started on, <laughs> I can't say the word, obviously. It sounded like you said the, the anal series. Oh, fair enough. So it's just why, yeah, it's just wild to think about that. They've been playing that long against each other. And uh, it's a it big really thing is. every year. And that's everything. Even when you have like, um, uh, so Maine has football class systems like and your class A, B, C or D and your class ranking can change every year. It's based on school number attendance, students, right? Number yeah. of students in the school. And that's how they like it's not nothing to do with how you play. It literally has to do with how many students go to the school. So Gardner and Coney have both gone. They've hovered back and forth between class A and class B mm-hmm. uh, based on attendance, if you will. And even when, so like if Gardner's in B and Coney's in A or vice versa, they're not scheduled to play each other because class A doesn't play B and B doesn't play A. So when the season's over, then they'll have the Gardner-Coney game like as a postseason type thing. Gotcha. So that's still neat that even when they're not scheduled to play each other in the season, they make sure they play each other before the, uh, before they're done for the year. I'm uh. I mean, I went to Gardner, but okay. never I, I understand the rivalry, but I never yeah. got into it because I didn't really care about sports. Shocker, it's interesting because the, the biggest. It's football is the big one, yes. but like even though they play tons of like they play baseball, softball, basketball, wrestling, like field hockey. Yeah. Uh, so many other sports, lacrosse, so many other sports and things they compete against each other in. 
but in golf, but <laughs> football is the big one. Right. I feel like that's kind of a universal sentiment in yes. general for America. Like they say that baseball is the national pastime. Great American but, pastime, yeah. But I think it's that football. football's. Yeah. I think football is more passionately loved. Makes more money. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, so we watched some cabin masters. We watched uh, some deadliest catch action. A lot of poaching going on. A lot of, a lot of illegal fishermen caught, making mm. the price of crab go down. For these honest mm. fishermen. Mm. Um, we did watch the season finale of CSI Vegas. <laughs> I was going to say which CSI. Sorry, CSI Vegas. Uh, that's the thing that happened. Um, not that good, huh? It was okay. It was fine. Just fine. But um, I don't know what what you got because I think like the Connors was already done. Did we already talk about the season finale of Ghosts? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. I, I with the with us missing a week, sometimes I forget. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I don't think we have any other shows besides uh, Ted Lasso. I think that's pretty much the only one right now. Yeah. What about you? What did you try to think if I go ahead? I, I can't think if I watch anything new, quite frankly. So uh, we picked Euphoria back up because we've been kind of dragging our heels. They had these two specials, uh, one focused on Rue, one focused on Jules. And the Rue one was phenomenal. It was just it was amazing. I talked about it on the podcast quite a while back where it all took place inside of a diner and it was just one on one and it was just so fucking masterfully done but neither one of us wanted to watch the jewels one um we don't necessarily like jewels very much and everything that i'd read online was like you can kind of skip this one don't skip the rue one but skip this one but we're like oh we kind of feel obligated so the other night julia's like i really just want to skip jewels and get back into euphoria and i was like okay what do you want to do about it she's like could we read a recap sure so she's cooking dinner i read her a recap of the jewels episode caught up and now we're two episodes into season two. It's still a it's still a dark show, um, but really good, really uh, compelling. Uh, it does kind of like Mr. Robot. I found that I like shows that have a narrator. Uh, they don't have to narrate like what they're doing specifically at that moment. But Mr. Robot, Burn Notice, Euphoria, you know, where they will tell you about the character that you're seeing on screen at the time or, you know, tell you about some of their troubles and you can watch it play out like it's a play. Uh, I really appreciate that. And this show does it very well. Um, how I met your father did come back. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, Sophie goes to talk to her mother about who could be your father. And apparently it could be one of three men. Um, you know, Mamma Mia style. Except, is Sophie the daughter or Hillary? Yeah, Duff? Hillary Duff is Sophie. Okay, so she and doesn't she, know who her father is, and now she's playing the same game with her kids. Well, yes and no. She knows who her kid's father is, but it's the telling the story of how I met your father. Mm. This this one, she doesn't know who her father is, Barney style. Gotcha. And and like, so the guy she was dating that she thought was her dad, creepy, and it's not. <laughs> thank goodness. Um, her she showed him a picture. Of, she showed him a picture to her. A picture of him to her mother, Paget Brewster, who was just like, "Oh no, that's not him, but that's your father right there." So it's a guy's arm that's in the picture, and that's all. Yeah. And so, and she knew his first name was like Daryl or something. 
So she was able to use the internet to find like three guys who all have the same first name and they were still alive and blah, blah, blah. And the long and the short of it, um, it's, it's, it looks like it's going to be Colson. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Clark Gregg or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cause she's like watching him at the restaurant. Frank, his name was Frank. They're watching him at the restaurant and do his thing. Cause she finds out who it is and everything. And then she doesn't bring herself to talk to him and said leaves. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, uh, and then she's at the bar telling her friends about it. And then he walks in and she turns around. And he's like, Hey, can we talk? And then credits. <laughs> so. Nice. I got to get yeah. back into that show at some point, but it's really not bad. It's not phenomenal by any means. It's not that bad. No. I know you guys started silo. You said I, I, I almost watched the first episode and I didn't. So we've watched the first five episodes because that's all that was available. New ones come yeah. out on Fridays. Uh, really digging it so far. I will say that like the first episode starts off with a, it's one of those, like it starts off with a scene and then they flash back to explain it. Um, they do it pretty well. It was really compelling for the first two episodes. Like, holy shit, this is, I want to know what's going on. Then it started dragging out a bit. It, it almost feels like the first two episodes were a whole different show. Like they were the prologue or something. Yeah. And now we're actually into the show itself. Um, but I will say we both agreed that by the fifth episode, the fifth episode was a little ridiculous. Um, like somebody picking a lock with the little pin on the back of a sheriff's badge. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Like that's, that's Scooby-Doo stuff. You you can't do that. But anyway, so it's getting a little ridiculous, but we're still compelled. I still want to know what's going on. It's still a good story. It's a lot of, um, I don't want to say drama, but it is like intrigue mystery. There's already been like uh, in the first five episodes, there's been six or seven deaths. Um, and they all live within this silo. That's the whole premise of this is that you live inside this silo. You can't go outside. Nobody knows what's going on outside, Yeah. but, but it's deadly. They don't know how the silo was built They tell you very early on that there was some kind of a resistance war where some people rose up to try to rebel. They were put down. Since then, all records have been lost. So nobody knows who built the silo, how long ago, um, what its intentions were, what's going on outside. So it's almost like a post-apocalyptic, except for it's not a bunch of people finding each other and coming together. They're already living in this self-sustaining silo. It's 120 stories high and pretty big 10,000 people I think live in there. Um, I, I give it a pretty hard sell. It It's good stuff. Okay. I think you, I, I think you'd like it. I think I'll check it out then. Um, I'll also say that we're almost done with season two. We've got one episode left uh, in season two of the great. And then we're going to move on to season three. This is one where like, we'll watch it for a few episodes and then kind of fall off and forget about it and then come back and go, Oh yeah, that's right. We really like that. Uh, but it's never to the point where we're like, Oh my God, we need to watch the next one. We need to watch the next one. Usually you get to the end of an episode and you're like, cool. That was great. Um, Kate just started watching that. So I did watch a little bit of one episode. <laughs> it's 
very brutal. Um, it, it's they go a little bit heavier on like the sex and the violence than I've seen some HBO stuff go. Um, like this season alone, they they talk regularly about Cunlingus. Uh, there's plenty of scenes of Peter sticking his head under her dress and, you know, talking about how he's eating her out and she's great. She's happy with it. Um, you get to see people get their heads blown off, their throats cut. Um, but they also it says in the beginning, you know, that it's a uh, sometimes true story because it's yes. based on Catherine the Great and Peter, but it is well, not. Yeah, because in, in the in in the real life, she led an uprising. She lost the uprising. She went into hiding, and then he died six weeks later by natural causes. So then she became, by default, the empress. Mm-hmm. Ruled for 35 years, and then died. And then her son, who resented her apparently her whole life because of of um of what happened. Like changed every all the good that she did, he changed it back. Russia. Yeah. We uh we met her mom this season, played by Jillian Anderson. That's fun. That is fun. Um yeah. No, I we still really enjoy it. Like I said, one more episode and we're done with season two. Season three is out now. It just came out a little while ago, but of course it's a Hulu show, so they dumped all the episodes. Speaking of Hulu, I'm really mad at Disney right now. They are wiping a lot of their shows off, you know, and we had mentioned that Willow's one of them. Um, yeah. Dollface is one of them. The one with Kat Dennings, remember, where she didn't yep. have any female friends because she was in a relationship and like the cat yep. bus driver. I love that show. And they're uh, they're taking it off Hulu. Interesting. Yeah. Why? I can't imagine I mean, they'll probably say that it's something to do with money, like it costs money to keep them up there or to pay royalties or something. Um, all I know is that it sucks. Yeah, it can't be storage space issues. No. <laughs> you know. Um, but I think show-wise, like, I intended to watch FUBAR. I intended to watch American Born Chinese. Uh, oh, I did watch the first episode of that. And- which one? American Born Chinese. What'd you think? I enjoyed it thoroughly. Nice. They're only yeah. like half hour episodes, right? Yes. Yeah. I watched the first episode again. Um, a lot of teen stuff that I really just don't care about at all mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. Right. Um, but uh, very, very good. Very good. Um, the very good, like very good. Jesus. The, the, like the old school wushu Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Type story set in back in the olden days, if you will, and it's um, but it, this is modern modernized. Um, I'm a big fan. Good. I can't yeah, wait I'm to watch it, fan. but I have a feeling I'll probably just binge it because they're half yeah. hour episodes and they're all up, right? I did look at. I think Fubar. I think they're hour long episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kept me away from it. Yeah. I booted one of them up and I was like, ah, I don't know. Yep. It, same kind of thing. It's an hour long episode. And I'm like, Jesus, especially when they're all out. That's the thing. Like if it was one a week, I'd probably be more likely to want to watch that hour long episode, but knowing that it's an hour long and that they're all sitting right there, it almost is too much. Yeah. I, I yes. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way. It's just too much sometimes. 
when they're an hour long, it's too daunting, and I don't mm-hmm. want to um, take that on. I mean, saying that, we did – both you and I have binged um, the the bastard son and the devil himself, like eight hour-long episodes. Yep. Yep. In, Sometimes once you get going, yep. you know. Yeah, sometimes once you get going, it's hard to stop. But yeah, I um, I had I did binge eight hour long episodes of that. <laughs> I think though, to answer your question, that that is all of the shows that I watched for the week, other than Ted Lasso. Okay. For the two weeks, I guess. Yeah. No. I, I American born Chinese, and then Lasso. That's it for me as well. So you want to talk about Lasso then? Yeah, two episodes. What'd you think? So each one of them had its own thing. And this is where it gets too bad because like uh, specifically with Nate, like the first episode that we watched international break had a whole thing where we started the episode with Nate. Um, It was announced that he was no longer the manager for Manchester. And we're like, did he get fired? What happened? Um, Turns out he quit. He, yeah, he didn't like, after his boss pulled the old scamaroo. Mm, yep. Which kudos to him for having some integrity because it didn't seem yeah. like he had a lot of it. Yeah, but after she pulled that old scamaroo on him, he he was just like, you know what? F this. Yep. Uh, but yeah. that of course put him into a depression. And well, that's okay. So, but he chose to leave. So why yep. is he depressed when he chose to leave? <clears throat> oh, there's a number of reasons. One is going to be that he. One of the reasons right. that he left was he started realizing that he was a shit. You know, he was an asshole person. He got sucked into the whole Rupert being a dick. And he I think he got a glimpse that night at the club that that's what Rupert had intended for him and that he was yeah. kind of headed down that path. And he was like, shit, that's not who I am. So he was a little depressed about that. Um, there's also the unbearable weight of he was the manager of the number one team in the entire country. And walked away from it. And so we've seen over the past couple of seasons that everything with Nate is tied to his self-worth and he hates himself. He spits on himself in the mirror. So for him to do something like that for himself, he's immediately thinking that everyone's going to think he's a loser. His parents are going to be disappointed. Well, his dad specifically is going to be disappointed in him that what is he without his title? Um, So, yeah, I think that there's a number of reasons that he would be depressed out of that. Um, they don't really go into it. They don't really have him say, you know, this is why. Uh, it could have been that he realized that Ted was right all along and that the the uh, Richmond boys were good people, uh, weren't holding him back, weren't abandoning him, et cetera. Um, they weren't good people who were not holding him back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, realizing that and realizing what a shit you were to them, ripping up their signs, storming off, uh, actively fighting against them, actively not waving to Ted, being a dick. Like he's realizing very quickly all the shit things that he's done. Um, But he finally gets that moment with his dad that we we've been wondering if he was ever going to get where his dad tells him that he was always proud of him and goes beyond that. Which I don't know how you felt about this, but it was it was kind of uh, I don't know with everything with my dad, 
it, it kind of hit home, but he's basically like, I didn't know how to raise you. You know, yeah. I didn't know what to do with you. You were a genius. I only knew how I had been raised and I had no idea what I was supposed to do with you. I had no idea how to handle you. I had no idea any of this. And so I thought that what I had to do was just push you super hard. I had to make sure that you were doing the best, that you were doing all this, anything like that. And that was a great, uh, another great message for, for Ted Lasso. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a good message. Um, I just, I don't know. Nate frustrates me with his timidness. Yeah. And I don't, his timidness is very inconsistent. Yeah. You know, and I, it's a hard role to play, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I like his girlfriend. She keeps him motivated, <laughs> which is funny because when he first met her in the first interactions that we had, she almost seemed like she was just super stuck up or that she wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. And maybe she didn't back then, but maybe she got to see the person that he really was and kind of warmed up to that. I did love, I know I'm jumping ahead to the next episode, but I did love That's how fine. multiple times, you know, like I said, he, he was depressed and then by the next episode, he's got a job at that Greek restaurant. He's yep. trying to just, you know, fill his hours and not focus on that kind of stuff. I loved how multiple times he'd be like, that's my girlfriend and turn around and she's just gone. <laughs> like she just yeah. vanished. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, it did kind of come out of left field, though, where the beginning of the most recent episode, Mom City, where the three guys from Richmond came into the restaurant and they're like, hey. We all talked. We want you to come back. It was, yeah. just, it was bizarre. I was surprised by it as well. Um, I, I would think that they wouldn't want him back. They all kind of went really hard on hating him. And remember it ended up in that match where they got so many penalties called on him for beating the shit out of the other team because yep. they were all pissed that he had ripped up the sign and he did that. And they were like, we're against him forever. And now, They've kind of talked and they're like, yep, we should bring him back. It felt like something was missing there. It felt like I missed an episode of the show. So what happened to me this week with the show was um, I turned it on and I just let it play the next one. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't what I thought it was like. It didn't make sense to me. And what happened to me was is Kanan started watching it. Mm-hmm. And it left off like midway through season two where he was on. So that's oh. when it started for me. And I was like, what the hell is this? And um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it took me a tick to realize what was going down and I had to like make my adjustments. Um, but yeah, I, uh, <sighs> I gotta say, I also came out of left field on that one. And I felt like there was something I was missing mm-hmm. and I actually rewound it. And I was like, no, okay, it's at the beginning. So they yeah. did just show up to tell. But again, this show has done another thing where it's like, oh, you've now won 15 in a row. So I don't know how many weeks it's been since the last episode, how many weeks it's been in their timeline that Nate's worked at the Taste of Athens restaurant. Right. Um, but 
obviously we see what happens by the end of the episode with beard. Yes. Yes. Which is, is huge. Um, very, very unexpected. And it's very late in the game right now. You know, this is probably the last season. I I thought that they had said that, but then I've seen a couple of things that are like, will there be a fourth season? I don't think there will be a fourth. season. I don't think there'll be a fourth season. I think they're I think, really setting this up to close it. I think this is it. Well, yeah, well, you know, the, the end of the episode, essentially, um, you know, Rebecca's in Ted's office and he's just like, she's like, oh, normally I, this is when I have some big thing to reveal to you and I, I don't have anything. Mm hmm. And Ted's like, that's okay, because I, I got something to tell you. And then credits, which I think it's going to be based on what his mom said, mm-hmm. is he's going to go home. Next episode is called So Long Farewell. Alvita say goodbye. <laughs> um, the big thing in International Break, getting off of Nate for a second, was Edwin Akufu is back. And Edwin Akufu yes. is being a royal tart. Like, this guy is a twat and a half. Like, he was oh. bad last time when he was trying to recruit Sam, and then Sam was like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay here. And he, like, kind of flipped out on him at the end. It was yeah. laughable. Now he's back, and, like, I love that he booked every table in the restaurant and then goes through all the impressions that he did of the different yes. people, <laughs> like the American and the British person. Um, yeah. So he booked every table. And then none of them showed up. Uh, he's basically going out of his way to screw Sam over. Like Sam right, didn't get Sam to go. Didn't, yeah, didn't go play for his team. Exactly. So Sam didn't get picked for the Nigerian international all-star team because well, Edwin Akufu yeah. paid them like $3 million. He, he bought them a $3 million building with his name on it and said, this is if you don't let Sam in. And then yeah. tells them that bluntly. To Sam's um, credit, he, he was he held it together pretty well. Didn't show Akufu that he, you know, was affected, even though he was really fucking affected. I I did like that we have like uh, Jamie Tart wore Sam's shirt number. Yes, his number. Oh, that was so game. good. That was good. Subtle things that this show does that are just like amazing. Yeah, there's so much uh, so much good about this show. Yep. Um, there really is. But yeah, uh, I loved watching the rivalry between, um, oh God, Danny Rojas and, and, uh, Van, and Van Dam. Dam. Oh, Jesus and Crow. Yeah. <laughs> Danny just goes absolutely apeshit, broke his nose, crumbled his Doritos. Like, we are enemies. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, what happened to your nose? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it still sore? Oh, 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 that was some fun play, wasn't it? Uh huh. <laughs> Um, Akufu though is trying to create a super football league. Like he wants to take only the best of the best, create this new super league that kind of destroys the old league. Um, yep. offers, he has a big luncheon. He offers all of these different league owners or team owners to, oh yeah. Um, offers all these team owners to, you know, be part of his new super league and, you know, they're going to make a ton of money and the fans won't like it, but you know what? They're, they'll be okay. They'll, we're going to get the super fans in here. That's who we care about. Cause we're going to make more money. Yep. And uh, <laughs> again, this show does this stuff so brilliantly. Rebecca has this whole speech about, you know, fans and basically tells Rupert's story about how, when he was a little kid, he couldn't afford to go watch Richmond play. 
So he would sneak in over and over again. And then one time he got caught by a security guard and trounced and thrown out. Or he kicked the security guard in the balls and ran away and didn't come back until it was as the owner of the team. And his first act was to go in there, find that security guard, and give him a raise and never tell him why. Never explain why. Yep. And she talks about how, you know, this is a game for the people that, you know, they rally behind blah, blah, blah. And then she kind of calls out the rest of the guys and she's like, how much fucking money do you need? Like, you've already got so much money. You don't need this. Obviously, it works because then the next scene is a Khufu and his men storming out and uh, everybody's covered in food. <laughs> like, he yeah. just. He obviously lost his shit and just started throwing the food at all of them. Like any mature adult would. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's been foiled yet again. Um, and then Rupert tries to kiss Rebecca. And fortunately, she's like, ah, no, no, get the hell away from me. Thanks. Um, that was that was fun. Um. Uh, Overall, good episode. Not as good as the next one, though. Holy shit! Do you want to, do you want to talk about that one? Mom yeah. City? So I texted you. Um, uh huh. <laughs> that I love the show. I, I said I love Ted Lasso, and then I I mean I love the show. Like the characters are so uh, so good and entertaining, and it's sad to think that this could be the last episode this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted's mom shows up, Dottie. Um, he just sees her sitting on a bench outside. Mm-hmm. And apparently she's been there for a week, staying in hostels and meeting some really nice people, you know. Um, and like you said, uh, the team, the other, this is the episode where they offer, well, let's just, let's just do um, oh, one story at a time, Mike. Um <laughs> Ted brings his mom into the game to, to the, to work, to meet everybody. And uh, she starts talking to Rebecca who like realizes, Oh, this is your mom. And she gets like the most, ex- everyone that is excited as hell to meet Ted's mom. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca's like, Oh, it's finally nice to meet the woman that raised like the nicest man on the planet. And she's like, Oh, I had nothing to do with that. He came out of the womb and asked the doctor if he needed anything. And Ted's just like, no, we know that didn't happen. I'm a ch- I was, I would have been a baby and not have any like realization of what was going on or how to like, like he just, he had a logical reason why that wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. And we find that his mom likes to stretch the truth at stories all the time and tell stories all the time. And it drives him crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, we find out later that there is more that she's, not doing that's driving him crazy but well, please continue. Like, well and that's the thing so like she goes and and hams it up with everybody and everyone falls in love with her because she's a talker like ted and this and that and the reality is ted is still frustrated because she won't talk about anything since dad since his his father died right and he has this whole thing because like we also have jamie tart who's dealing with his issues with his dad He's going back to Manchester City to play against the team that he was on Mm -hmm. the first time since he was there. That's his hometown. Uh, He hasn't played there in years because he left the football team to go play, to go do the reality, like a Big Brother reality show. Mm -hmm. Um, He's worried about the reception. He's worried about his father, this and that and everything. And then his dad doesn't show up. We never really find out why other than his dad appears to either be in rehab 
or maybe some sort of I don't know what's going on with his dad. What it's definitely thoughts? some kind of a a group home type thing. It definitely yeah. was like a re- rehab or a detox that wasn't like I wouldn't say. Well, okay, now I'm going to correct myself. It could have been for, say, dementia patients or people who are getting Alzheimer's. Um, He was definitely in a group room. They were all wearing loose-fitting clothing. Yeah. Um, uh, And his two buddies that were sitting in the stands were like, oh, his dad would have really enjoyed this game. Would have been so proud. Like, he was dead, but then we see his dad's alive. Yeah. Because, so, Jamie's worried about that. He's worried about the team. Um. Roy and Kaylee follow him one night as he leaves and they write, they basically, they, they go to his mother's house and he goes and he sees his mother and they, they have a weird, weird fucking relationship. Thank you. We both like, said the same thing. <laughs> like, creepy. Like he goes in, he hugs his mom. Like, first off, they look like they could be dating. Well, yeah, his mother looks very young. Yeah. And, and then like, they hug and they he carries her into the other room mm-hmm. after they do like this pirouetting a circle and even her husband's like oh here we go mm-hmm. and then she's sitting on the couch and he's laying down and he has his head on his mother's bosom as he is telling his story of his, his woe and sadness and not just his head on her bosom but I mean like like to the point where all he would have to do is turn a couple of degrees and he would be sucking on her tit yeah like, exactly. Like so this was, was uncomfortable. And Kaylee and Roy are just like Roy, you know, just staring. Uh-huh. And then the husband there gives them the tour of the house, and they see Jamie's old room. He's got this old poster of Roy Kent on the wall <laughs> with all this hair, and it's yeah. hilarious. And then when he leaves, there's a poster of Kaylee on the wall with soccer balls over her breast, where her breast should be. Yep. And so here's <laughs> is Kaylee that much older than him? No. Okay, then. So that was just he must have gone back and put it up or something. Who knows? Um, I thought that was funny. Roy basically tells Kaylee in the room that he doesn't want to be friends. He wants to be more than friends. Uh, And then as soon as they start holding hands, Jamie walks in and sees them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I got to tell you something later, okay? Okay. So, um, uh, he, uh, he plays and he's getting booed unmercifully and he's getting knocked down all the time. And he aids, he, he play, provides for assist for a goal and Richmond's up the whole game to the end. And then Jamie like does this amazing, like bicycle kick to keep the ball out of the goal. Um, and he hurts his ankle Mm-hmm. And I, and they didn't sub him straight away. He he sat, so they ran with a man down. And then Ted goes over to have a talk with him, and he's like, why do you keep looking at the stands? I don't see my dad anywhere. When's the last time you saw your dad? Well, it's been a long time, blah, blah, blah. Well, if he's here now, what would you say to him? I'd say, fuck you. And then I'd say, thank you. And he's like, well, why? Well, and then he basically, so he's like, well, if anger for your dad's not enough anymore to keep you going, then maybe – you should try something else, blah, blah, blah. And then Jamie's like, I'm going to go back in before that though, before they're going to sub him out. Like Ted's just like, I think he can play hurt. And Roy goes, I played hurt all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. Get him in there. And Beard's <laughs> like, you can't walk upstairs, you know? Like, <laughs> yep. And Roy just looks at him and grunts, you know? Um, 
But Jamie toughs it out, goes in, scores a goal. And then with a couple minutes left to play, they sub him out and he gets a standing ovation from Manchester. They all respect him. Yep. Um, that's when we get the friends toasting and everything. But that's an important thing to thank you. Fuck you. Because then Ted goes home to his mom who's making him dinner. Uh, uh, both a lasagna and a meatloaf. Cause she wasn't sure which one he'd want. Right. And he's like, thank you for being here. I'm so, so great to see you, but fuck you for not telling me you're coming. And he goes through this whole thing. And then he's like, you know, like, you know, you know, and then they talk about, you know, talking about dad and he, she apologized. She's like, I'm sorry, but like, I didn't know how to handle it, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, thank you for being honest with me about this, but fuck you for making me feel like there was something wrong with me this whole time. Yeah. Um, it was good. And then essentially she was there to tell him that his son misses him. And Ted's like, you don't think I don't miss my son and, and this and that. And he's like, but you know, next thing you know, he's going to be groaning out the house and I'm not going to see him anymore or whatever. Like, I think that's going to be the catalyst for Ted to go home Mm -hmm. is his son. I agree. And it's, it's a believable story because they've showed it. Like even at the beginning of this season where Henry was visiting and then it was hard for Ted to let him go. Um, he's been over a couple of times and Ted watching him walk away or Ted watching his mother take him away or whatever has been harder and harder on him. And he's tried to do the FaceTime and he's tried to do the remote um, conferences, you know, the school conferences. Yeah. And it's just not the same. He doesn't have that connection with the kid. He doesn't have the, and we've also been saying repeatedly on here that um he he's been here for a couple of years now and has still not gotten the game still not gotten the lingo the the mannerisms etc um i think that they are setting this up for ted to leave which i don't know that the show can go on without him there's a lot of great characters they have a lot of great stories they're doing a lot of wonderful things but I think that even even when he's minimally on the screen, it's still his attitude, yeah. his heart and soul that kind of keeps them all moving forward in their lives. I mean, I have become very, 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 very uh, attached to these characters. Yes, absolutely. And, and I also think that like even like Roy and some of those other characters have all grown well enough that you know i think they could carry the show but it is hard without ted because like you said ted's kind of the everything that ties it all together yeah uh, i think that they could carry on their lives i don't know if they could carry the show because i feel like the first time something goes off the rails i don't know if they're going to revert back to them now that makes it sound like he's some kind of savior figure no i i just think that it's usually his lessons or his like inspirational speeches like with jamie you know the other day he yeah. wasn't going to go over there roy might have but he might have been like you know ah suck it up tart something like that you know right. roy had his chance keely had her chance it was ted who ultimately got through yeah what if they make Nathan or Nate, the Ted figure, because, all right. So, you know, they talk about how Nate is going to say, the, get into this. Yep. 
the, the boys went and, and tried to get Nate to come back and he turned him down. His girlfriend because, got him fired. Remember, there was one key thing. Oh, they, they they hadn't talked to Ted about it yet because they wanted to see if he's even interested before they talked to Ted. Right. So he said, no, thank you. And then, um, you know, uh, his girlfriend gets him fired. His boss <laughs> like, I got fired. Like, why? Is it because I was just watching the football match the whole time? He's like, no, you're my best waiter. You do this, you do that. You bring ideas to the table. You don't steal from me. You know, da 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 da. It's just, you know, um, I've done some shady things, and <laughs> you know, she knows about it, and she's just like, if I don't fire you, I'm gonna turn you, I'm gonna turn you into this agency, which I can't tell you what the agency is because then you'll know what I've done. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, my hands are tied, you know, so he gets fired. I like it later when she when she comes home. He's like, oh, I got fired today. She's like, no, you know, (laughs) and then Um, he hugs her. And then there's a knock on the door and he goes and it's beard. And let's backtrack when the I can't think of his name when he comes down to say, oh, hey, they went to go talk to Nate to offer him his job back or to ask have Seafield come back. Immediately, Ted's just like, "Oh, Roy, what would you think if, Ted, if 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 Nate came back?" He's like, "That'd be great. He's got, you know, he can." Uh, he's good at the things that I'm bad at. Yeah, he's good at the things I'm bad at. And then the other general manager, "Oh, that'd be fine." And Beard's like, "If you bring that Judas back here, I will walk." Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'll burn this whole place to the ground. Yeah. Uh, then after they beat Manchester City, and he's like, "I'm gonna go have dinner with my mom," but here, watch this tape. No, no, I know you've seen up to here where Nate tears the belief sign in half. But look, we all came home and he hid under my desk and he, he hid there for three hours. And then when everyone left, the cleaning crew came in and he stayed there another two hours until they were done. And then when he finally get up to leave, oh, he couldn't because the door was locked. So he had to climb through a window and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I, I love, too, how Ted legitimately he wasn't like trying to get sympathy. He was, quote unquote, making fun of him. He's like, oh, look yeah. at that, you know. Yeah. And then. I wish I had written it down, but what he says to Beard oh, next, yeah, it was something like, I hope that we are all judged by um, uh, all of our moments and not just the battle. It was something like really, really profound. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he uh, he leaves and Beard's like, Ugh. So Beard goes, and I love it. He knocks on the door. Nate opens it. He sees Beard over at the security door, uh, which is a glass door, and he just goes, like, he's, <laughs> like, scared, and he opens yeah. the door. <laughs> like, are you are you here to murder me? Are you, you're here to kill me, aren't you? And Beard just goes, you know, I met Ted because we both played college football together. He was the punter, and I was the kicker. Back. And we were both second string, huh? Yeah, they were backup of. Yeah, yeah. we were both we were, we were the backups. And so we never played a single game, but we jogged a lot together and we talked a lot together and we became good friends. And then when football, when we got done you know, college, he, you know, Ted went and did X, Y, Z and got married, had a kid, got into coaching. And I went to jail. I went mm-hmm. to prison. And then when I got on parole, there was my family and abandoned me. I had no one left. So I called Ted. And Ted, you know, brought me to his house and he fed me and he let me stay with him. And then I stole his car. Yeah. And then when the police arrested me, I was for sure going back to the prison, except Ted came down and convinced the police that he'd given me the car. And then he offered me a job. You know, and I think Nate's just like you were in prison. He's like, I stole a loaf of meth. 
but that's mm-hmm. not the point of the story. Mm-hmm. The point of the story is, is like, and then I stole my best friend's car. He goes, but the point of the story is like, you know, Ted gave me a second chance, blah, blah, blah. We all deserve second chances. He goes, so I can't remember the words he used here, but basically he was like, so you can have your job back, but now like the, 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 the loafs in your box or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You need to make the decision. And I, Nate's yeah. response was like, do you want to just headbutt me? I think it would make us both feel better. <laughs> Yep. Which reminds me of like back when like Beard and, and Roy screwed up and they wanted Ted to yell at him. Yeah. They were well, like, just please just yell, yell at us then so we can feel better, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And then he wouldn't. And they were like, that guy's an asshole, you know. <laughs> um, and so Beard gave Nate the slow, you know, like the softest headbutt in the world and goes 10 o'clock Monday. And then he gave him a big hug. Yeah, it was a good it was a great scene. It was a great scene. While you were talking about that, I did track down what he said to him. And he, they watched the whole thing, you know, climbing out the window. And he said, uh, you know, I don't know about you coach, but I hope that either all of us or none of us are judged by the actions of our weakest moments, but rather by the strength we show when, and if we ever get given a second chance. And in the moment we were like, Oh, he's just saying, you know, maybe you should reconsider giving Nate a second chance. And yeah. really, when we hear the story shortly thereafter about yeah. their history together, he's saying, hey, I gave you a second chance, you know, and I don't even think he was doing it to be like to guilt him into it. He was just saying, you know, hey, we've all been down and out. We've all had some bad points in life. And, you know, everybody here loves beard. Yep. If they knew that about his past they would probably still love him. If that was how they met him, they probably would have judged him differently. Mm-hmm. So I do like that a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, and then, yeah, the truth bomb, Rebecca doesn't have him, but Ted does. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the next one's called so long farewell. Oh, um, don't forget. There was also that little like squeaked in scene where uh, Bex shows up at Rebecca's house. Yes. And she's just like, uh, I was hoping you could help me with something. And she's like, sure. She's like, can we come in? She's like, we and open the door wider. And you see Rupert's assistant who was mysteriously let go. Yes. Which is interesting because Rupert had a new assistant in the last episode who was not his typical assistant. It wasn't right. The supermodel looking, you know, uh, pencil thin girl it was more of a average looking woman who was kind of uh, bumbly and uh yep. didn't, you know whatever was not rupert's typical girl he would hire right and it makes you kind of wonder so are bex and the assistant going to talk to rebecca and they're all going to work together to kind of take rupert down um i don't know they've got one episode to figure it out I'm yeah. going to miss this show when it goes away. Like, Oh, same. This is one of those shows that like we were talking about our, our picks at the video store, you know, where you always had that go-to like Ted Lasso is a go-to for me. Like if somebody said, I really want a, a good show, Ted Lasso, just watch it. Like it, 
Maybe not if they were looking for an action-filled thing or if they were like, I want something that's going to have a lot of horror or blood or guts. But if they said, I just want a really good show, what's your pick for the show that you're watching right now that you love? Fucking Ted Lasso. Yep. Get it. Get on it. Watch it. Love it. I don't even feel like you have to say stick with it because, you know, after one or two episodes, you're just like – I. I'm reminded of that TikTok that I saw a little while ago where uh, it was the girl, like I, I think I talked about it on here where she was talking to her past self and who her past self was just starting watching Ted Lasso. And she's like, by the way, by the end of the series, Jamie Tart's going to be one of your favorite characters and you're going to love Trent Krim. And she's like, are you fucking shitting me? Like to think how much they've come when Jamie ran onto the field wearing Sam's number, which was just a subtle little thing. Like there was yep. no note on the screen that said, Oh, right. he's wearing, it was brilliant. It was beautiful. Yes. It was character growth, you know, yes. but organic character growth, not forced. Uh, yeah, he started off as a right asshole. Well, he's had organic character growth all season long as he stays after work of Roy to make himself better, to make himself a better player, put the mm-hmm. hard work in. Um, you know, they're a great team. They're an actual team. They're a good team. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. And you can tell that Jamie's doing this because he wants to be better. Like he, wa- he, he recognizes yes. how great Roy was. And we saw the poster on his wall. So, you know, the, yeah. the stepfather there said that, you know, he named a bunch of famous soccer. A lot players. of other posters came and went, but that one never left the wall basically. Yep. Also uh, in the end of international break. No, no. In the, in the end of uh, mom city, when, Ted shook the hand of the other coach. Apparently that is a real life coach. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who he is, but apparently he's very famous. And I, I kind of got that just from that scene, but yeah. Yeah. The coach basically was like, uh, wins and losses don't really matter. I'm just here to, you know, get the best out of the boys and blah, 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 blah. And I can't remember what it was, but it was uh, completely a Ted Lasso type thing. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's good. I love the show. I'll be sad when it's over. Um, so. Yep. I think that's it for shows, huh? I think so. I watched a bunch of movies. I only watched two. I got eight. Wow. I guess but, go for it. Well, between the two weeks, you know. Right. Well, <laughs> I had two weeks and I watched two, so. Um. So I guess technically a half a movie. Um. Salem's Lot, the original 1979 television miniseries. I recently purchased that for um, a couple bucks at Bull Moose because I wanted to watch it. And I had bought the VHS for 30 cents. And then when I saw the VHS runtime, it was only an hour and a half. I'm like, well, no, this was a, a television miniseries. So it should be three hours. And the DVD, the Blu-ray is three hours. And so I've watched half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, after watching the first half, which I will finish the second half, it's decent. It's a 1979 television movie series. You know, it's a, it's um, the telling of Stephen King's Salem's lot, which is about vampires in Maine, the town, Maine, the, the main town of we, I think it's used to be called Jerusalem's lot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, long and the short of it. Yeah. You can, you, I could definitely see how they cut a lot of the filler crap out of the movie to make it an hour and a half VHS more appealing and probably a lot more tight of a story than, than what I've uh, suffered myself through. Um, I'll finish it. I'm just not super excited about it. 
I get that. I see where you're going. I also picked up a bull moose last weekend to continue my uh, Steven Seagal movie watch. Oh, no. I, got, I got marked for death. And this is the issue you run into when you buy old DVDs. It's when the DVD was issued back in the early 2000s when it wasn't widescreen. It was DVD was issued to fit the 4.3 television screen because not everybody had widescreen TVs in their homes. So it's a widescreen format, but it's got the black bars on the side and the black bars on top mm-hmm. and bottom. So it's yep. just like that middle section because, again, it's a widescreen for a 4.3 television, not a widescreen television, if you will. So that's interesting, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, uh, Mark for Death is probably the best of all the early Steven Seagal movies. Uh, it's, it's about uh, Jamaican drug runners and... Um, when they weren't bobsledding? Yeah, just throw that on the floor because that, the clothes and the, and the washer are clean. Um, yeah, no, nothing new with the Jamaican bobsled team. Uh, these are these are cocaine dealers who who believe in voodoo and murder people. So, um, I watched a movie called uh, Influencer, and this was interesting. It's on Shutter. Um, It's about a, a girl. It takes place in, um, let's just say, Spain or Portugal or something. I, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. Um, she lives there and like she likes to look up uh, Barcelona. Yeah, Spain likes to look up uh, uh, people who have big social media followings and then find that find them in Barcelona and then essentially kill them. And take over their lives and everything. And it was okay. The, the movie was okay. Um, it wasn't fantastic by any means. There's a lot of holes in the plots. Uh, the, the biggest in the plot, the biggest issue I had with it was. Um, hold on a second. The biggest issue I had with it was the lead actress has this enormous birthmark on her face. And it takes up a good quarter of her face and it's, it's hairy and it's bumpy and they don't acknowledge it or talk about it on the movie. She just kind of shows up and I'm like, does she have a black eye? What, you know, like, and, and like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Good for her for being able to create a career. And I've looked her up. She's acted in all kinds of stuff. Um, but the the birthmark was too too distracting for me because she's supposed to be this like supermodel beautiful girl that like manipulates people and and I just I it was too much of a distraction for me even hmm. when she was naked on screen it was too much of a distraction for me okay so I guess that makes maybe that makes me a piece of shit I don't know but <laughs> uh, wow that was yeah. a that was quite an escalation there. Well, I just it was it was it was a real distraction, John. Real distraction. That that's the impression that I'm getting. Yeah. Um What did you watch for movies? So, the other night we were trying to figure out something to watch and we were looking at our to-do list. Basically, when we come across a show or, you know, we're reminded of something, we're like, "Oh, boy, this was really good. We'll add it to our to-do list." Um 
And so the other night, Julie was like, I really want you to watch Ever After. You've never seen Ever After. I want you to see it. It was so good. Are you talking about the Drew Barrymore Cinderella movie? I sure am. That was Melissa's favorite movie. Interesting. I have seen that movie. I have not seen it in over 12, 11 years, (laughs) but I watched it or walked in on someone watching it a tremendous number of times. Um, what did you think? I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was a very good retelling. Um, it's fun to watch, you know, a late nineties movie and see some of the stuff that they do that, you know, is kind of indicative of the era. Uh, but as far as a Cinderella story goes, it was well done. Uh, it really, as I told her, it gave much more of a, um, romantic, vibe than the original Cinderella, which is basically that the prince and her dance one dance and suddenly they're like, I'm in love. We have to be together. This was them growing together as people um, and him getting to know her, her getting to know him. Uh, I didn't realize that Melanie Linsky was in there as the uh, I, I guess you could say the air quotes, good stepsister uh, mm-hmm. who actually supported her when she could. Um she was such a little baby face back then. Um, but yeah, it was actually, it was really good. Um, I had a feeling it would be anyway. It's not one of those like, Oh, I don't want to see that. It's not manly enough. I thought it was going to be a good movie. Uh, it was much better than I expected it to be. And so that was awesome. I haven't seen it in a long time. It is a very good movie. It was very well done. Drew Barrymore is a great actress and she has that right she can play that sympathetic role with her facial expressions and her voice and everything that make you root for her, if you will. Absolutely. You know? Yep. Um, Angelica Houston was spot on as the wicked stuff. Oh, <laughs> she was horribly good. Wasn't she? Yeah. She'll always be my Morticia, but ooh, she was good as, as the uh, evil stepmom. You're on mute. Um, what was the other movie you watched? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. All right. Let's talk about that one last. I also watched that one. Okay. All right. So uh, I watched a movie on a shutter called Burial. It came out in 2022. And when you read the synopsis, it's interesting. Uh, well, on IMDb, it says a small group of Russian soldiers have the task of taking Hitler's discovered remains back to Stalin in Moscow. And it talks about werewolves. But they're not werewolves as in like a werewolf that transforms on a full moon, even though the movie takes place during a full moon. They talk about it. Apparently, werewolves back in World War Two were like, I think, Polish. They were like a Polish citizens that they were like a special units. They were like a special unit type of brigade, like maybe like the Viet Cong or something was. I had not heard about this. Neither have I, and I had to look it up. Werewolf was a Nazi plan which began to develop in 1944 to create a resistance force which would operate behind enemy lines and ally, uh, as the Allies advanced through. So the Nazi werewolves that terrorized Allied soldiers. They were Nazis, and they were a special group of Nazis. They had a certain symbol, and they are trying to get Hitler's body back. That's okay. what they're trying to do. Uh, because this, these Polish Allied soldiers, whatever, or Russian Allied soldiers are trans, 
transporting Hitler's body back to Stalin because Stalin wants to put it on display because Hitler, they had requested when he killed himself was they were going to take him upstairs and burn his body so no one would see it. And okay. that because that would be embarrassing because he committed suicide. So right. they talk right. about the, the Nazi werewolves when you're reading about it and you think a werewolf. But no, it was just a person. It was like the name of their brigade or whatever you want to call it. Anyhow, long and the short, I really enjoyed the movie. Hmm. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was a really solid movie. I wouldn't call it a horror movie, uh, so, but it's a Shudder original. And I know Shudder doesn't just have horror movies. They do psychological movies and thrillers and this and that. Anything that makes you shudder. But for me, I think of Shudder, I think horror flicks. Yeah, that's usually what I think of as well. But I think it's definitely worth your time. Okay. I wouldn't bother with Influencer, but I would watch Shudder. Uh, like I said, uh, the wife. Burial? Yes, Burial, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the wife and I went to the drive in. I won't talk a lot about this. We went and saw The Wrath of Becky. It's like the only theater in Maine that's showing it that I was able to, that I, I saw. Um, if you liked Becky, you will like The Wrath of Becky. I feel like we watched Becky together. No. Okay, but did you watch Becky? I have not watched Becky. I had to go back and watch the trailer the other day because I was like, okay. I thought she was a lot younger. And yeah, it looks like she's a lot younger in Becky. I remember <sighs> watching the trailer and thinking, this looks like it's kind of cool, but almost in like a grown-up Home Alone kind of way. Kind of, yeah. I'd say that's accurate. Um, Nazis are looking for something at this camp, her and her dad, and they kill her dad. Why is it Nazis again? I just, who knows? They're neo-Nazis. I don't know. They're skinheads. Whatever you want to call it. Kevin James is one of them. Kevin James plays a he's non-humorous the, He's bad the leader, guy. right? Yeah, the leader of the bad guys, yeah. Yeah. And so Becky gets her revenge and kills them all somehow. And now this is the sequel where something similar happens again, where Becky goes crazy and kills them all. It's fun. Kate probably hit her face for a good third of the movie. And Sean William Scott is in this one, right? Yes, he's the leader. He's the bad guy leader as well. Funny how they're taking these guys who are just on the cusp of not being relevant anymore and like, hey, why don't you be a bad guy? Yeah, basically. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, you should go back and watch Becky and Wrath of Becky at some point. I think you'll enjoy them. Yeah, I'll probably check them out. Uh, I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. As I saw a headline the other day, it said nobody wanted to pay for it, but now it's one of the highest rated movies on Disney Plus or something like that. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. Uh, I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. We talked about that. Yeah. I still haven't seen that one yet, but love it. I love yep. it. It's really well done. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad I went to the theaters and saw it. Yep. And I feel just as strong. I'm so glad I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp at home on Disney plus and didn't pay to go see it. Yeah, that was, um, I believe we had talked about it when we went to see Julie and I went to see Ant-Man and the Wasp and said something similar, like glad we saw it, but really could have, done without paying money to go see it in the theater yeah like um like dungeons and dragons i i waited and watched that at home and if i would have paid money to see it in the theaters i'd be okay with it yep yep um this one uh i didn't dislike the movie it just didn't really kind of wow me a lot i get it you need to put 
once you've done what Marvel has done and created the the Avengers and everything else, whenever you have a, a movie and your main character is in a high stakes situation and none of the other Avengers show up to help, that seems wrong. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to isolate them. So for right. like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's easy enough. They're not on Earth. Um, Wakanda Forever, you know, they're in their own country that's kind yes. of walled off from the world. Which is their secret country that <laughs> – right. Yeah. So, I mean, it works. Again, that's one I'm glad I didn't pay to see in the theaters too. Um, Quantumanium, all right, they're in the quantum realm. Yeah. The story was decent. Um, you know, the PS scenes where they're tying it together with, you know, what's to come and this and that and everything. All right. It makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. it was just okay. Now you get the reference, um, in one of the PS scenes where you saw the council of Kangs and one of them was the Pharaoh and they're talking that he might be a prominent role or they were talking that he might be a prominent role in season two of moon Knight because of the Egyptian, but now that Jonathan Majors is experiencing all this problem, he might not yep. be around. Right. So I enjoyed it. I just, uh, yeah, it was just, it was okay. You know, well, for, for the purposes of seeing all the Marvel movies, I'm glad I watched it. It's not one I'd, I'd fire back up. So what were your thoughts on Modoc? Um, okay. I thought, <laughs> When is is it Ben Kingsley was uh, Trevor the the Mandarin the Mandarin yeah uh, Ben Kingsley's Mandarin was annoying because the Mandarin is so much more powerful exactly and it basically he's like I'm just an actor I'm just portraying you know, I'm pretending blah 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 um they made this Modoc make sense in my opinion. Yes, yep. I get it. He's an extreme departure from the comic books. Yes. This this version of Mordok is an extreme departure from the comic books, just like Ben Kingsley's Mandarin was. Mm-hmm. However, I like the character. It made it make sense. Why does he have a giant head and small arms and legs? Oh, because he got, you know, the, the way he got miniaturized. Violently miniaturized. Yes. Against that makes perfect little- sense. Uh, you know, uh, Kang gave him this suit that he has so we can serve him and do whatever, you know, like I just, they made him make sense to me mm-hmm. and I liked it and he was crazy. Like Mordak's crazy or whatever. And I just, I don't know. I just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this version and they killed him. So good enough. Yep. Yep. Uh, we came out of it the same way. Like there was some enjoyable stuff, but mm-hmm. I felt like <clears throat> they, they were introducing too many new characters like yes michelle pfeiffer's character wasn't really new but she was because we never really had her real backstory exactly so we had to get her whole backstory of what she did down here we had to get this version of kang which again they're like we've seen him as he who remains in loki but they can't introduce him and say oh well you should have watched the loki series before this so right. they have to introduce him like this. Um, so we had to get his backstory. We had to get some of the backstory of the quantum realm and mm-hmm. the rebels. Um, Bill Murray's character for Christ's sakes, Modoc. Yep. Like there was a lot of 
world building and backstory that we had to go through. We had to slog through before we could get to what we came to see, which was the next adventure of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. And now in this case, also his daughter who didn't have a suit, didn't have a suit, didn't have a suit. And then all of a sudden had a suit. Well, like, she just kept it from her dad. That's all. Well, granted, but like when they first got sucked down there and it was Scott and Cassie were in one area and then, you know, the Van Dynes were in another area. Um, Scott and Cassie were getting their asses kicked. They were getting chased. They were getting blown up. And for the longest time, she didn't put her suit on because she was trying to hide it, I guess. But every one of those opportunities, you know, every one of those I almost just got killed was an opportunity that she could have and should have shown her hand. So it was just kind of a little bit off for me. But, yeah, I thought for sure she'd show the suit sooner as well. Like you said, after she did show us the suit. Um, after she sh- showed us the suit, I did have the same like, well, why didn't she bust that out earlier? This, but she was in peril a lot. Yeah, it was. Now it took not her being in peril, but her wanting to save somebody else to bust the suit out. Yep. Yep. All in all, like you said, not a bad movie. Didn't dislike it, but definitely not one of my favorites. Uh, I'm not going to need to go back and rewatch it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. What else you got? I watched The Mother on... Oh, the J-Lo? The Netflix, yeah. I, I, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I thought they did a good job with it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I thought they did a good job. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed a lot of the action. The, the story was good. They made it make sense. Um... A lot of violence, some good fighting. Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. And I don't want to talk about more about it because, you know, people give people a chance to it's watch still it. It's still pretty new, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, what did you think? I loved it. Um, I loved it as well. There um, was a lot that reminded me of D&D games that I've played. Um, there was also... A lot that was just plain old fun. You know, a lot of name drops, a lot of Easter eggs, um, just different names of things. You know, Icewind Dale, the Sword Coast, things like that. It, it was for d d nerd. It was fun. Um, yes, they took some creative liberties. The yeah. Druid in particular, like I know they said that they were just going for the cool factor. But, you know, Druid's wild shape doesn't allow them to turn into beasts like an owl bear, which is, I believe it's a monstrosity. So they're not, that's not something that they can wild shape into. In this case, they were just like, yeah, we're going for the cool factor. Okay, that's fine. Um, also, she was a tiefling, which is like half demon. Um, generally speaking, they don't just have horns and a tail. Like they look kind of demonic. Like they'll have glowing eyes and they'll have purple skin or red skin like they look like a little demon and she looked like the girl from it with horns so i don't know she did look like the girl from it with horns because she was the girl from it yeah (laughs) but then she had horns on but you're right like the hair was the same in a tail Mm -hmm. yep the freckles yeah um but you know overall 
it was very enjoyable, and I'm sure that it will help get more people interested in Dungeons and Dragons to some extent. Um, I know it's like I want to talk about it, but I don't want to give away anything because it's fairly new still. Right. Um, um, but I will say the cameo in the maze. Oh, the the multiple shots of the cameo in the maze where they kept going back and giving us a little bit more and a little bit more. I, I had to pause. and ex- Yeah, I had to explain that to Julia. Um, Julia also had a, a statement about this movie. She said that this was the first movie where she didn't want to punch Chris Pine in the face. Well, and I don't. I've never wanted to punch Chris Pine in the face. She she feels that he is very face punchable, uh, smug, cocky, um, a little full of himself. If you look back at some of his roles, he definitely fits that bill. Think of him as Kirk. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love this movie. I thought it was great. Um, it was it was over the top in the places where it needed to be over the top. Um, and it just, it handled things well without getting too mired down in all the technical D and D rules. Yeah. Um, I did like, and again, not giving away a lot, but I did like the one really fluid action sequence that they did towards the end where the heroes are all fighting one enemy. And it's like bat, 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 bat. Cause one of the things about D&D is that normally when you're in combat, you're sitting there and you're like, OK, I'm going to swing with my sword. And you roll the die and then, you know, see if you hit or miss. Oh, you just glanced it off his arm and you didn't really hit him. If you look at the rules and you look at everything, they say that each uh, one of those actions, you know, attacking or casting a spell or something takes six seconds. So there's 10 six second things in a minute. So an entire combat may take like 20 minutes rolling dice and looking up rules and saying, okay, where did the fireball hit stuff like that? But it's playing out in like one minute of real time. So watching that fight happen like that, that's the fantasy that you want in D and D that fight itself probably would have taken like an hour and a half at the table to sit down and like describe and like <laughs> lay out, roll dice, check saving throws, stuff like that. Um, I liked Michelle Rodriguez's character a lot. <laughs> yes. I thought she was really good. I enjoyed how like, uh, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to talk about it too much, maybe, but I, I, I liked her character a lot. I liked all the characters. She was a barbarian, but most people, when they think barbarian, they think big, strong, dumb. And yeah. she was big and strong, but she was not dumb. She was not a woman of few words, but she was not dumb. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just thought they, I thought that they all just, they, I thought they just did a good job with the show, yep. with the movie. It, it was, was a, a lot better than I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. which is also key. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Also, Hugh Grant. Oh, he was great. <laughs> amazing amazing i mean mean, legitimately the movie was much better than i thought it was going to be i don't want to say it was better it was better than it had um had a right to be exactly i don't want to say that but it was just much better than what i thought it was going to be same no doubt about it same yep and i was i was very pleasantly surprised all right uh news and and whatnot yep news and trailers and whatnot have you So I think the first one that I sent you was where they were talking about the uh, 
streaming dates for like Loki, Echo, Indiana Jones. Loki's second season is going to be October 6th. Uh, Echo's entire season will drop November 29th. That's interesting. So most of their seasons to this date have been one episode at a time weekly. Um, And this one's going to be all six episodes dumped on the 29th. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, Maybe they're just trying to get it out there because they have something else coming up that they want to talk about. Yeah. Um, So I June 30th, Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny is coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been getting dogged lately. There's not a lot of good press around this movie. Uh, No, there is not basically saying that it's it's old it's tired why are we still doing this um indie yeah. deserves better than this you yeah know. um we got the part one we got the trailer for mission impossible dead reckoning part one i mean realistically i'll watch it um it just doesn't it doesn't I'll wait till it comes out on home video. I'm not going to go to the theaters and watch it. I can't watch these trailers anymore without picturing Tom Cruise stroking himself like, oh, I'm so awesome. Oh, I'm amazing. Oh, God, look at me. Look at me. Oh, I'm so great. Like, it, that's all the movies are at this point to me is Tom yeah. Cruise stroking his ego. And they're very over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very over the top. Yeah, I loved the first one. It was so cool the way, and again, spoilers, but it's like, what, 30 years old now? Um, 96. Watching the entire team get killed in the beginning of the movie? Holy yeah. crap. Like, that's kind yeah. of unheard of. And then yeah. him trying to solve the mystery the whole time. It was all mystery and intrigue. It wasn't just straight up him driving a motorcycle off a cliff and then um, wingsuiting from there onto a moving helicopter, you know, Go to hell. Right. It's it's interesting how the spectacularism of of what's happening in the movies has increased dramatically over each movie. I was talking to my buddy of mine, he was mentioning like, oh, you know, it's Tom Cruise playing Ethan Hunt. I mean, like longer than anyone ever played like James Bond. And it's like, yeah, but James Bond, there, its level of action was realistic, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to an extent, uh, and not this over the top business. Like the helicopter blade that almost that stops just shy of hitting him in the <laughs> eye in one of them. Remember that? Uh huh. Yeah, but, I do. But anyhow, yeah. Um, you sent another YouTube video. The creator. The creator. Yeah. Uh, this is. That looks, I, that's a that's a we created AI to serve us and it's taking over the world. Like it's another. <coughs> computers Terminator? are coming to get us. Yeah. Which. Uh, bears more weight now that we have a lot more AI tools coming out. And granted for right now, they're just AI tools for chatting or, you know, you've got the chat GPT that can write you a paper or something. I just saw something the other day though, that um, I think it's the helpline for people who have eating disorders. They're going to get rid of human interaction and they're going to just do a, an AI chat program on that support line. Okay. Um, Yeah. So AI is becoming a lot more prolific. So movies like this, whereas with Terminator, they could say, oh, AI took over and the the technology wasn't there. Right. So 
they could make up whatever they wanted. Um, right. Now we're going to have to be more scrutinous about these movies when they say, oh, AI took over. Well, how did it? You know, yeah. because the truth is we have AI now and this is what it is and this is how easy it is to protect ourselves from it ever going rogue, blah, blah, blah. I sent you the trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin, Martin Scorsese flick with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Yeah, that is definitely a Scorsese flick. Yep. Holy crap. Uh, takes It's it's based on actual events of some uh, of Native American murders in the 1920s in Oklahoma. It looks good. Yes. Yes, it does. It looks good. It looks very intense. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan talks with the new Karate Kid movie, okay? Yeah. He's been in talks to do Rush Hour 4 now for 20 years as well, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> you said the trailer to Theater Camp. Um, could not be more opposite than any, like, horror movie, summer <laughs> camp experience, but this looks really, really good. It does. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks really funny. It looks really good. Uh, it's, it's basically, it's Theater Camp. It's... Mm-hmm. It's what you expect it to be over the top dramaticness of we got to put on a show. Everyone wants to do everyone else. We're at theater camp. So it's all the drama kids that are the rejects at school. But now here they have pecking order. That's it looks good. It looks really good. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Um, Futurama season 11. I don't care. I, I knew you wouldn't, but I wanted to put it on there so that I could talk about it briefly. Yeah. This was the one where a couple of years back they had a big controversy where the uh, original voice actors were like, we want to be paid properly for this. Yes. And John DiMaggio was the last one. And that's why, like, a lot of the things are, yeah, they're coming back season 11. And, yes, Bender will be there. Basically, like, you, you look at, um, oh, God, uh, Billy West. Billy West does, like, five voices on the show. Yeah. Uh, John DiMaggio does Bender. So the fact that he was the big holdout and they're like, you know, oh, we can't do it without him. Mad respect. No, Love no, John DiMaggio, you, you but you it's can't the same do it time. Billy West. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, tying Deadpool's a bow on bringing, it. Huh? Tying a bow on the Deadpool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone but TJ Miller's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, I didn't send you this, but apparently there's a lot of talk these days about different movies that are either shutting down production, like Thunderbolts have shut down completely um, because of the writer's strike. Yeah. They can't write anymore. Some movies and shows are still moving forward. And I saw something recently that said that Deadpool three is starting to film, but that one of the rules is that Ryan Reynolds is not allowed to improvise because of the writer's strike, but he's not writing. It's improvis. It's improvisation. I guess usually they have writers on set that can help. And to be honest, I don't know what they do. Um, if it's he was, if he's improving though, it's not writing. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are around then it. They shouldn't film the movie. <laughs> That's what I think because Ryan Reynolds, if nothing else is a massive improver and some of the best stuff has come out of him just shooting off lines. You know, yeah. I love watching the bloopers where he just fires off 15 different lines. Um, so yeah, I'm, I was a little bit upset about that, but this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. All right. <sighs> Trailer full circle. Huh. 
Another dramatic movie. Yep. Meh. Yeah. Don't care. Uh, Resident Alien season three is the best yet. Is filming wraps on the sci-fi series. Cool. Yeah. I Give us the series. Mm-hmm. Um, air it now. <laughs> I had to send you the one about the Star Wars hotel that charges oh, yeah. like eleven thousand a night, and so, for yeah. some reason they're shutting down. The pricey immersive Star Wars hotel is shutting down. Peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can't imagine. The little R Schwarzenegger chief action officer. Nobody hits like Netflix with that action flick coming up. Okay. Yep. Um, oh, that's what it was. I meant to check out Missing. I gotta add that to my TV time. Yeah, I gotta add that to my list as well. That movie's on Netflix. Yep. Oh, let's see here. Chatting about my tooth. Oh, next goal wins trail of Michael Fassbender and Taika Waititi. Waititi. Ooh. Um. About so, a soccer team that never wins. Mm-hmm. Like Finally literally win. never wins. Yeah. Like one of their most recent games was thirty-one to zero. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, almost and it has it's not a Ted Lasso thing. This guy coaches. Um, it, it's like a Bad News Bears type thing, I think, except it's adults yes. and it's yes. real life adults, not kids. So. Yeah, and Michael Fassbender is going to be the Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. and uh, Taika Waititi's in there. It looks fun. It looks fun. It looks a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Paramount with Showtime launch date coming up. Cool. So the, all that is, is it's changing the name over and probably the look of it, but you still have to pay separately if you want Showtime. Yeah. It's just no longer going to be called Paramount Plus. It'll be called Paramount with Showtime, yeah. except you have to pay for Showtime. So it's not well, really like, Paramount with Showtime. It's Paramount right. and you can add Showtime if you want, but that's too much of a mouthful. Well, and like the new Max launch, so I have to, I have to mm. download the Max app, and now you have all the Discovery stuff on it, and I'm yeah. not paying any more. Right. Um, in fact, I'm just, in fact, I had to cancel Discovery Plus. The uh, the Paramount thing, I went in and looked at my account the other day, and it was like, oh, yeah, you're paying, I think I pay like $100 a year for yeah. Paramount Plus with no commercials. And they're like, yep. for 120 a year, you can add Showtime. I'm like, 20 bucks for the whole year? Okay. Right. Yeah, like that's kind of a no-brainer at that point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that being said, uh, again, I didn't send this to you, but the Netflix password crackdown has started. I don't know if your kids have reported that to you yet, but not yet. Um, no. I got a text from my mom the other night. She's like, "I think I messed up." So when your mother sends you a text that says, "I think I messed up," your brain starts racing. You're like, what are, are yeah. did you give money to a Nigerian scammer? Oh, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Do you have a hobo living in your basement? Like what, <laughs> again, what is going on here? Um, she said that she went to put on Netflix and it popped up a little message on her screen saying, can you confirm that this is your household? And she said, yes. And it said, great. We sent an email to my email address. Um, just confirm that so that you can get back to watching your shows. And she's like, I think I messed up. And I was like, no. So I just went in and confirmed it on my email. Then I booted up Netflix on my TV here and it did the same thing to me. It was like, do you want this email or text message? And I said, text message. And it was like, great. We've now confirmed that this is part of the household. So I think it's per person on the account rather than what it did say, you know, okay, these devices are now logged in, but, um, essentially by the end of June, they're going to start cracking down and doing that whole thing where you have to check in once a month or you can check pay in extra once seven. Yeah. So the device that you're logged into, like say your son is watching your Netflix account on his TV at his yeah. mother's house. 
that TV has to come and log in on your Wi-Fi once a month to prove that it's still part of your household or you have to pay like I think it's an extra eight bucks a month per person that's on your account. Ah, here we go. I'm on my Netflix account information yeah. and it says new manage access and devices. You have to click, mm-hmm. click on that. And it says, all right, Roku, smart TV, Android phone, Apple iPod, Chrome PC, Cadmin, Cadmium. Oh, current device. Never mind. Here we go. Microsoft Xbox one. That's Canaan. Yep. Yeah, I see. Samsung smart TV, Canaan. It shows who last watched or whatever, you know, um, on what device. And I, you can, I can sign things out or, or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but they're going to start tying it to your physical location. And then I see extra members. Mm-hmm. Share your Netflix with someone who doesn't live with you by adding an extra member. And then you can buy an extra member slot for seven ninety nine a month. They get their own account and password, an existing profile, or a new one. All Netflix on one device at a time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you said, eight bucks a month. So if your kid's at college, you can spend eight bucks a month so your kid can use your, their Netflix when they're at college. Mm-hmm. Or your two kids is. who want to watch it at their mother's house. Yeah. That's eight bucks per kid. Did you know that Netflix had ad plans now? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Standard with ads, six ninety nine a month. Basic, nine ninety nine a month. Uh, good very uh which you uh video saw good video quality with H D V and watch well, ad free on any phone, tablet, computer, TV, download on one device. I'm paying fifteen forty nine a month for standard, which is ten eighty P watch ad free on any phone, tablet or TV, download on two devices. I might as well spend nine ninety nine a month. At this point, we don't download anything. <laughs> and I don't give a shit about the 1080p if I can save 550 a month. But don't you have to watch ads? No. Oh, That's okay. ad-free. Basic, good quality video in HD, watch ad-free. So essentially what you could do for like your mom is you could drop down to the basic and for 9.99 and then buy her a, a, a member, if you will, for 7.99 and she could then You'd save a You'd spend only. You'd you'd save five fifty. Then I don't know what plan. Are you on premium? I'm on premium. Yeah. Our best quality and ultra HD, 4K and HDR, uh, spatial audio available. Watch ad free on any phone, tablet, device. You can download on six devices. The uh, the big thing was back when I started that. Yeah. Those tiers determined how many devices could be playing at the same time. So in order for three different people to be doing it at the time, you're right. Um, so here's the thing, like they're already Netflix is getting roasted by places like blockbuster surprisingly, uh, but blockbusters like, Hey, remember when you could rent a movie and we didn't care who you let borrow it as long as you, uh, brought it back on time. Yeah. And they're tagging Netflix in that. Um, essentially, you were talking about how you've got max with discovery. You didn't end up paying any more money. Um, and if somebody wanted to watch max on your account outside of your house, they can. Right. Uh, Netflix is the only one who's really doing this. And honestly, they don't, they don't have the clout that they think they do in order to be able to do this. Like, like if, max was doing this i'd be like oh shit i gotta do that because you know max has 90 percent of the stuff that i watch or apple tv has a ton of stuff that i watch um but netflix 
I could take or leave most days. Like there's some stuff that I watch, so, but so reading the fine print on here, um, only people who live with you may use your account. You can add one extra member to standard or up to two with premium. Uh, you can watch on four different devices at the same time with premium. Mm-hmm. Two different devices with standard or standard with ads or basic. Yep. I might drop down to basic because I can still watch it on two devices. So like two people in the same house can watch it, which is all I can do with standard. The, the, the difference between standard and basic is I can download on two devices at once, which we don't download anything. And instead of 720p, I get 1080p. I don't think I watch enough on Netflix to spend <laughs> 550 more a month so I can get it in 1080 instead of 720. I'd have to actually sit down and see what it is that I watch on Netflix per month to care. Yeah, because the reality is if I can save five bucks a month, 550 a month on this, you know, like that's I'm not nickel and diamond myself as bad. I know in the grand scheme of things, it's, you know, less than $70 a year, but why spend that money if I don't need to? Especially if the kids That's are going to not, not be able to watch cents it. a day. Yeah, but, st- but you know, I just canceled my $7 a month discovery. So now I'd be saving, you know, it's $6.99 plus tax, $5.50 plus tax. You know, I'm, I'm saving $12 a month or whatever. $144 a year back in your pocket. Yeah. That's one tank that of gas. On different, I could spend that on a different streaming service. <laughs> or fill I'm up just, your, your van once. Well, no, it's only $46 to fill the van right now. So, I mean, that's three times almost. <laughs> but still, it's just, I didn't really realize that the I'm not really getting anything for my money, if you will. I hear you. I'm still sticking with the premium for now, but I'm, I'm yeah, going but, to be recalculating because. But if you're if your mom and sister can't watch it anymore, they're at their places and it's just you and Julia at your house mm-hmm. with standard or basic. You can still stream two devices at once, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting that super high quality. Yeah, I don't give a shit about that. I don't care enough about that, I guess. I still watch VHS, so. Yes, you do. Uh, Skull Island trailer. Yeah, cartoon. What What are your thoughts on that? Because you're usually a big uh, kaiju fan. I, I'm i not. No, I'm good. I'll watch live action. I'm not. I, I, I don't really watch. Hong, I don't really watch Godzilla cartoons or. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm not. I'm good with it. Okay. So scrolling down through all the talk about phone chargers. Well, do we want to talk about the flash rumor? Oh, sure. Go right ahead. Um, do I want to it, spoil it? Do it's not want, a we, rumor. It actually was spoken by the director in an interview. So in, in the flash movie that's coming out here in a few weeks, uh, you get to see Spider-Man battling a giant spider and it's Nick Cage, a Spider-Man Superman. Sorry, Superman. Jeez, I'm crow. You can see <laughs> Superman battling a giant spider, and it's Nick Cage as Superman. Mm-hmm. Like the movie that was supposed to happen, if you've listened to the Kevin Smith story about the guy that eventually made Wild Wild West, and he had his giant robot spiders there. He wanted Superman to battle giant spiders, and he wanted Superman to not wear the cape. 
and not, not fly. Really, and not fly. I wonder why that didn't get made. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. A, I'm here for it. Like I, I do I I may go even see Flash in the theaters because I want to see Michael Keaton as Batman that bad. Mm. So I, I may even go see it in the theaters. Who knows? <coughs> Barbie trailer. Barbie in the real world. Uh, as I said, I'm not saying that the movie's going to be great, but it looks better than I was expecting it to. Uh, yeah. It's definitely not a theater one for me. Um, no, not a, maybe when it's free on HBO or whatever, I'll check it out. But that is definitely not a not a theater movie for me. He's got good taste. No, it's not a it's not a theater for movie either. Not 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 at all. Not at all. What does look good? Hijack. Mm. Seven episodes, one hour each, plays out in real time of a seven-hour yep. flight that gets hijacked, and Idris Elba is a negotiator who's trying to get it talked down. Yeah, that looks really good. That Apple does look TV really Plus, good. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Shiro's. Shiro's. Pass. Maybe. Pass. I wouldn't pay money to see it. No. No. It, as soon as it said, from the people who brought you Spring Breakers, I'm like, pass. And then John Wick Chapter Five and three other spinoffs are in pre-production. Go with it. The um, so I'd been seeing headlines for a little while that they said that John Wick might get a fifth movie, and it was being discussed, or it would come down to a bottle of Japanese brandy or something like that. Um, it was going to be discussed, and apparently the discussions went well because yeah, we're officially getting a fifth movie at least, three more spinoffs. Uh, now. Here's the thing. We've got the ballerina coming out, which is a spinoff. That's going to be Ana de Armas playing yep. one of the ballerinas that we see in, I believe, Chapter 3, mm-hmm. who are the Black Widows of that world. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then we've got the um, the spinoff that's three episodes about the, um, the building, hotel. the hotel. Yep. And I can't even think of the name of it that's off the okay. top of my head. Um, but that's only a three-episode limited series. So yep. when this says three other spinoffs, we don't know what that means. That could mean a miniseries. That could mean another movie universe. It could mean a TV show. Who knows? I'm kind of annoyed that we're getting a John Wick 5 because I haven't seen 4 yet, and now I know he lives. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, They're doing that. You can rent it at home, if you will. Mm. And it's like, oh, I do want to see it. It's three hours long. Ouch. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know about that. Hey, Extraction 2 is coming soon. I can't wait for that. Nice. I'm June 16th. I'm very excited for that. I know that was random, but that's that's what we're going with. No, that's a Netflix one, or is that a Prime one? Netflix. Netflix, okay. Yep, that's a Netflix one. Nice. <sighs> All right. You got anything think, else, sir? I think that's about it. Okay. I got nothing else either. All right. That's so it. I guess the show, you can then. find me on Twitter. I'm Superstar Mel. I'm the Quantum Geek G33K. That's our show. Talk to you next week. Albert.